You're about to listen to a message of Foundation of Truth Assembly. May the word you hear bear fruit in your heart now and always. Glory to Jesus. As I begin this morning, I, I start with an appreciation to God for the gift of life, for the gift of salvation, for His calling and His sending, and to the leadership of the church for another opportunity to bring God's word to God's people. Good morning, church. Hallelujah. So this morning, I need your help. You know, the temperature is a bit low, but we carry fire. And it doesn't matter what's on the outside, because what's inside is always hot. We can change the atmosphere because of what we carry inside. Do you agree with me? Hallelujah. So please, don't feel cold. Feel energized. Feel energized. We are a generation of those that carry fire. Of those that carry fire. So we cannot live like those who don't carry fire. We don't only carry the lamp, but we carry the fire. The oil that produces the fire on our lamps is right there in our vessels. We are the temple of the living God. It's not a quiet temple. It's not a silent temple. It's a temple where words go out and those words go out to change nations. We cannot be idle. We are a busy people. We are not slothful in business. We are fervent in spirit serving the Lord. So this morning, please, I, I need you to, to transcend your mind from what is happening environmentally and take your position where you are truly seated. We are seated with Christ far above in heavenly places, above principalities and powers. So the elements of rain or sun or drought or whatever it is, nothing can take away the love of God from us. If God be for us, who can be against us? So let's know who we are whenever we come into the house of the Lord. It's a time with the Father. Last week we began a series in the workers' service called Living the Crucified Life. Living the Crucified Life. And our dear minister, Kuleshoibo, brought us the word of God. To say, if we must live the crucified life, there are certain things we, we need to kill. And last week, the topic was killing pride in the workers' service. How many of us were here? I learned a lot from that message. That even the proud, it's the proud. Because the proud does not want resistance. But the proud actually resists God. So therefore, God resists them. Imagine if your opponent is God. Who is going to help you? If God is resisting you, how far can you really move? If you didn't uh, attend that service, please get the message. Listen for your own good. Why? God resists the proud. May God not resist us. But beyond pride, there are other things we need to kill. And this one is a very difficult kill. It's called killing self. What did I call it? Killing self. We want to kill everybody and every enemy. We want to make everything fall down and die. But not self. Because self is me. So if you saw the flyer, you will see somebody hanging a noose. It's not about committing suicide. Killing self is not about committing suicide. It's killing the real self. This one is a jacket. It's a carcass. This body is carcass. The real self manifests itself 
in inside expressions through the outside body called carcass. So if we need to kill self, it's a tough one. It is not a theoretical thing and it's not for the lily livered. Thank God this is worker service. If we are going to work with God, we've got to be serious. So this is not one of the things you will hear that will make you say, yeah! I'm not going to hear a lot of years today. And to be honest, it does not matter. Let the year be inside. Say, yes, that is me, Lord. Touch it, Lord. Heal this area, Lord. Until self dies, nothing serious is going to happen about your Christian life. Oh, I see we, we, we see a lot of good things God is doing in this generation. God is releasing fire everywhere. People are receiving the anointing everywhere. You're wondering, when shall it be my turn? I see many of us, we join some of those things and it is good. It didn't come accidentally. Mm-mm. It didn't come accidentally. If you are going to find a useful spot in the hands of God as a worker, as a minister, as whatever you want to call yourself in the house of the Lord, Self must die. Otherwise, you are joking. Oh, you can play church. You can dress well. You can speak fine. If you will get the real deal, self must die. You know, we talk a lot about our enemy, the adversary, the devil. The devil is roaring about. And it is true. The adversary, huh? that Satan, he has an ally against our soul. That ally is called self. If the enemy from outside is going to succeed, it needs the help, the aid, the cooperation of the enemy inside. The enemy inside is called self. And the target is your soul. Thank God for power and authority over all the powers of the enemy. Thank God. That self, you will be the one to kill it, not God. If I want to be a Christian, I need to be a Christian. Brethren, I'm not going to lie to you. It's not easy to be a Christian. I don't know what you were told. Many of us have been told a lot of things that are not really true. So when we begin to experience it, our reaction is in, is in response to the lies we were fed as to how this journey will be. So we pull back when we see what we are not told. Because we are only told to aspire, to inquire, to buy our Maguire. That will not take you very far. It will not take you very far. The Christian journey is tough. That's why the road is narrow. And those who ever find it and have the boldness to walk in it, some find it, they can't enter. They find it, they heard it, they saw what it takes, they moved back and said, I would rather join the, the Broadway. There is safety in the Broadway. False safety in the Broadway. I would rather join them because if this is what it means to be a Christian, I can't be a Christian. This is worker service and we've got to get it wrong. If you are going to follow Jesus, you need to kill self. There's no other way around it. Matthew chapter 20. Let's go to our text. Matthew chapter 20. I'm going to start reading from verse 20. Let's read through. Self is that enemy inside that cooperates with that enemy outside. Self, it must die. If Christ must reign. Listen, the Bible says, 
Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, worshipping him and desiring a certain thing of him. When we come, you know, you know our song. You know, some songs we sing, they are very nice. They are very good. Melodious. And when we sing it, in fact, maybe sometimes we have goosebumps. And we think, oh, the spirit is moving. We sing this song. They say, when I come into your presence, there is something that makes me come. This woman was singing that song. Oh, she came with her sons. You would think this is a committed mother. Following the career path of the our children, to follow them to where they work. They are in ministry. Our ministry is work. They were in ministry with Jesus, going about with him. They have seen plenty of things. So she came with them. The Bible says, worshipping him. They are not worshipping for nothing. If you are going to be serious with God, your worship has to transcend what you get. Mm-mm. Coming to worship service is not to make the hall full. It's not to make the pastors happy. It's to worship God. Finito. He blesses you, he doesn't bless you, it should not matter. He heals you, he doesn't heal you, it should not matter. You get that job, you don't get it, it should not matter. They came to Jesus to worship him. Bible says they had something in mind. Please give me the scripture, let's run through. Let's run through. They had something in mind. And he said unto her, what will thou? You think God doesn't know that you want something? He knows. He knows that you came because you want something. What do you want? All this I want to rabababa here. You want something. After you rabababa, you want something. Say it. Say it. I know you want something. It's not because you love me. It's not because you are so interested. You want something. You want a position. You want to come early. Because after the pastor see you coming early every day, they'll give you something. A position. They'll give you something. They give you a voice. They give you a platform. They give you the microphone. You want something. What wilt thou? What do you want? And she began to spill. She said unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit, the one on your right hand and the other on the left in thy kingdom. You won't understand this. So, if you read the following chapter, you will see that there was already a plan that Jesus was going to Jerusalem. Get it? The triumphal entry. They knew Jesus was going to Jerusalem. These guys, Peter, James, and John, were with him in chapter 17. We don't have time to go all through it. When Jesus was transfigured. So they saw Moses and saw Elijah. Peter said, hey, let's build the camp and stay here. So they knew after this man goes to Jerusalem. Of course, they knew wrongly. They felt, oh, now that we know that this is definitely the Messiah. He's going to take over the kingdom when he goes to Jerusalem. He will overthrow the Romans. Are you following me? He will overthrow the Romans. So when he overthrows the Romans, he becomes emperor in place of Caesar. Then, it will be good to position properly. Put one of my sons on your right and put the other one on your left. VP1, VP2. Do you understand our request very well now? It's not about the kingdom of heaven. It's the kingdom of the Romans. So she came and said, put one here, put the other one there. Jesus said, Abba, madam. Let's go to the next verse. I think 23 now. But Jesus answered and said, you know not what you ask. You are speaking in the nonsense. What are you talking about? Are you able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of? And to be baptized with the baptism that I shall be baptized with? Then they said to him, Lord, we are able. Say, hey, you are able. You, 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 are, able. you are able. Say, don't worry, you will get it. You, you are able, you will get it. And he said unto them, Ye shall indeed 
drink of my cup. You said it with your mouth. You said you are able. You will drink it. You are able. You drink it first. And be baptized. No, no, no. We've read this one. Okay. Be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand on my left is not for me to give. Mm-mm. But it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared off of my father. Say that one, I cannot give you. But what you have asked for, you will get. Cup, you will get cup. In fact, not only cup, you will get baptism. Next verse, please. And when the ten heard it, they were moved with indignation against the two brethren. <laughs> Listen. He said, when the ten, you know there are twelve. So two people have come to lobby. They have carried their mother to come and lobby. So the Bible said, when the ten heard it, they were angry. Do you know why they were angry? Hello? You don't get it. They were not angry because those guys went. They were angry because they went first. That's why they were angry. Without due respect. You know, there are two sets of brothers among Jesus' disciples. There is James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who are doing this. Of course, there's Peter and Andrew. They too could have taken that. And Peter was there during the transfiguration. He could have told Andrew his brother, oh boy, let's go, let's go and take our own cabinet position. So the Bible said they were angry. Why would these guys do this now? So Jesus said, "Mm -mm, I see your motives too. Let me teach all of you a general lesson. Then Jesus called them unto him and said, you know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them and they that are great exercise authority over them. Next verse. But it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him do what? Be first under. But it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. That is somebody who serves you. Under. Next verse. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the son of man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. So being with Jesus a long time doesn't mean that self has died. Mm-mm. These guys, they saw the miracles. Hello? They, they saw the miracles. This was towards the end of the ministry of, the earthly ministry of Jesus. So they've been there, they've done that. You can be there and do that in church. And self is still running you. You can hold mic like me now. After preaching, self is still moving you. So it's deliberate, it's serious, it's continuous. You've got to be killing self. There's no other way. No other way. If self is running you, there are certain parameters that we can use to measure it. How do you even define self? If I say, this is myself. Myself can be categorized into different attributes. Myself comes when we look at certain, certain traits, certain parameters. Certain parameters of self. What's my ambition? My ambition describes myself. Myself is revealed, exposed. When you check my ambition. This was their own ambition. They wanted to be VP1 and VP2. That's the ambition. At other times, it's not ambition. It is your achievements. Yourself 
is described by your, your achievements. Do you know who I am? CEO of XYZ Nigeria Limited Incorporated Worldwide. That is myself. So I describe myself by my achievements. By my achievements. Another way I describe myself are by my associations. Do you know where I rule? Do you know the, the, the kind of people in my clique? The caliber of people that I relate with? The kind of meetings I sit in? The kind of people that come to me for advice? The kind of people I lay hands on? And there are many of we, men of God too, that self speaks a lot through us. You know the ministers and presidents that come to me, that I lay my hands on them. That I lay, it's not your hands. Your hand is glove. There is something inside that hand that makes the things you see to happen. It's not you. It's not your gift. Somebody gave you. It's not yours. You are a privileged channel. Channel only. Channel only. Myself is described by the sum total of my mentalities. How I think, what runs my mindsets, what views I hold. That's myself. Each one of us has our own set of mindsets, belief systems, way of thinking, way of seeing people, way of approaching things that guides everything we do. My kind of self, when we are worshiping, I put my hand in my pocket. That's myself. Because I don't want to be disorganized like these fellows. But there was somebody whose self was so much that he could even strip and not be bothered. It's all about self. I've carried myself so much. You see, the way you carry yourself, you know, we say it. We say it without thinking about what we are talking about. I carry myself as a CEO. I carry myself in a certain way. So I think some things are now below me. I forget the presence of whom I have come. Because my mentality about myself is that I cannot be doing what these commoners are doing. These commoners, I, I can't be doing what they are doing. I can't. Myself is reviewed by my priorities. What is most important and most urgent to me comes from who I am as myself. How do you define your priorities? That's how yourself is defined. My priorities. Myself is a function of my reputation. How I want to be seen by the people. Not really how I am. Is <laughs> the front I present to the people. What they should see about me. The brand they should see about me. That's myself. Myself will not be associated with certain things. Myself will be distanced from certain people. Myself will be distanced from certain contents. Because I do not want to be seen or known as one of those people that carry Jesus on their head. So if you check my timeline, all you will see is positive thinking. I shy away from the things of faith. Because how I want to be seen is a neutral man who can fit in into any situation. 
inclusiveness and diversity. I want to be seen as being able to plug into every system. Jesus didn't make a Christian to fit into every system. You are peculiar, different, made specially. Made specially. Made specially. So we reveal self in these dimensions. The essence to which you will find usefulness in the hands of God depends on how much of these self-attributes have died and have been redefined by Christ. Hear me well. We can pretend all we want. We will come to church and go out the same way until we have learned to surrender self on that altar and allow the new life rise through the power of Jesus. Then he will now define that self for you by his spirit and his own standards. That's your ambition in self. He will give you an alternative ambition. Paul was speaking in Philippians 1 21. He said, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. That's an ambition. An ambition not from self, an ambition towards projecting him. You know, human beings we are generally selfish. We project. We project. We prefer self to anything else or anyone else, including him. But when there has become transformation in your life, where that natural self is dying and a new spiritual self is emerging, there will be a transformation of your ambitions. Your ambition will not be to please him, to be like him, to please him, to be like him. Don't be like him. Your appetites will change. The things you desire will change. Many of us have been Christians for years. And our appetites has remained what it used to be when we were in the world. You've been a Christian. You've been a worker for 5-10 years. And your appetite is still the same. Your wardrobe is still the same. You have an appetite for showing a little flesh. A little up there, a little down there. Let us pepper them. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That is not an appetite of someone who has died to self or is dying to self. Mm-mm. It is not. He said, Desire the sincere make of the world that you may grow thereby. That is an appetite. Desire. Your desires will change. If you are dying, you don't let anyone deceive you. If you are dying, you still have the same desire. Before you got born again, your favorite channel was MTV based was trace or ban, and it is still the same five years, ten years after. Something is wrong. Don't be, don't be deceived. Something is wrong. It's not the same. If all you describe yourself with are the things that you have achieved, the accolades of God, your PhD, your MSc, your conferences abroad, your trainings abroad, your business empire, your networks. If that's all you still describe yourself around, you are living under the influence of self. Paul speaking. He said all those things that I thought were great and glorious, I counted them as dung for the excellency of knowing him. That is the achievement. He said, don't let anybody brag. But let them rather brag that they know me. Ah! That is an achievement to know him. Paul said that I may know him. 
and the power of his resurrection, fellowship of his suffering, that I may to get down, be with him, therefore the power will now walk through me. And if all we care about the achievements that we have in the flesh, continue. You are not ready for the life of the spirit. You are not ready to be like the master. Mm-mm, you are not ready. Not ready. Self must die for Christ to reign. The two of them cannot be king at the same time. It is not possible. The spirit is going this way. The flesh is going the opposite. It cannot happen that there will be a midpoint. There is no midpoint Christianity. You are either a Christian or you are not a Christian. Forget what they told you about nomina. It's not in Bible. Mm. Don't choose what the Lord did not give you as an option. Option of nominal Christian is not in the Bible. You are either a Christian or you are not a Christian. Lord help us. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. Experiencing real life in Christ Jesus begins when we start to die to self. I am crucified with Christ. That is, I'm dead. When Christ died on that cross, I died with him. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. If you cannot boldly make this statement, I didn't say cram this statement. If you cannot boldly, correctly, and truly mean this statement, we got work to do. We've got work to do. And there is hope. He's saying the expectation is that when Christ was nailed to the cross, you consider yourself nailed as well. Huh? And that you died. See, nevertheless, you began to experience life after death. You know, when we talk about life after death, our only idea of life after death is that in heaven we will resurrect, right? Mm-mm. He's saying, right here, there is something called life after death. When we die to the flesh, then we rise and live in the spirit. But now, not by human energy. Hmm? Not by human energy. But by the energy of him who rose from the dead. By his energy. You see what the Bible is saying there. But Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I live by a new set of rules. In quotes. A new operating system, if you like. So my system has been formatted. Something else has been installed to run my programs. So to run the program of my mindset, my achievement, my ambition, my appetite, my whatever. A new system now comes in. And that new system operates by faith. Not by calculator. It operates by faith. And guess what? The last time I checked, faith is proved by works. The work that you need to do, faith is proved by it. And I'm not talking about working in the flesh. I'm talking about producing works by faith. The first work you need to do is to carry the knife and kill yourself. 
the faith of Abraham was not confirmed until Abraham took Isaac and took him to the mountain. As far as God was concerned, he killed Isaac. The life of a believer is that of sacrifice and service. Of selflessness where you have removed self and you are ready to go the long haul. When Abraham had taken Isaac there and he had raised the knife, ready to kill him. You see, God is to be feared. He didn't tell him to sacrifice Isaac when Ishmael was still in the house. Or when the younger woman, Aga, was still in the house. Say, you know, Mama gave birth by one chance. Hello? Read your Bible now. Did, did Sarah give birth to another child? So she gave birth miraculously by one chance. So maybe there would have been hope if the younger woman, Aga, was still in the house. And Ishmael was there. And God said, well, I sacrifice Isaac. He said, okay. One over two. And I still have spare tire that is still active. She can give me others. No. God made sure he had no more hope. <laughs> God tested Abraham. Asked for something that will cost him really good. You think he will spare us? You think he won't make demands of us to prove that we want to live by faith in the Son of God? You think he won't test us? Stop kidding. This is serious stuff. After he saw that, not before, he said, Hey, Abraham has done it. I plan to do this from the foundation of the world, but I've seen a man that has done it. Say, Blessing, I will bless you. Ah, multiply, I will multiply you. The Bible said he was looking for who else to swear by. He checked everywhere. Who is the person? Let me swear by something greater than me. Somebody he could not find. Ah, I can't find anyone else because I'm the greatest. In blessing, I will bless you. In multiplying, I will multiply your children, your descendants, will be like the stars of the sky, like the sand of the shore. Said through you, the entire nations of the earth will be blessed after the sacrifice. After the proof of selflessness. Then the promise came. Stop chasing promise. <laughs> Chase sacrifice and selflessness. Promise is a natural product. It's a natural product. When all we are concerned about is pleasing him. Obeying his voice. Because you obeyed my voice. You are hearing the voice of God today saying, Christian, sacrifice sacrifice for me put it there put your life on the altar is your all on the altar of sacrifice laid your heart does the spirit control you can only be blessed and have peace and sweet rest to your body and soul there you yield. We can't go far without yielding. Don't let anybody fool you. Oh, cars, you will have it. Jobs, you will have it. What shall it profit a man? <laughs> to gain the whole world. Christianity is not about gaining the whole world. You can gain the whole world without being a Christian. I'm sure you know. So if this is the whole idea of your Christianity, it's not necessary. 
Mm -mm. It's not necessary. If you are going to follow Jesus, mm -mm. this is the pathway. If anyone desires to be my disciple, let him take up his cross, deny himself, and follow me. Deny yourself means that what you should ordinarily have had, you will put it down for him. And now your cross, your cross is not ornaments. It's a place where you carry yourself and nail yourself. Crucify yourself. Jesus was crucified. We've got to be crucified. To be his king and his kind and his kindred. No shortcuts. How do you know if you are still living in the, in the flesh or self is running or the spirit is running? How do you know? How do you know? We can tell. We can tell. The same behaviors that you see in anything that is living is how we can use to tell if we are still living in self or living by the spirit. Same parameters. Movements. Movements. Are your steps being ordered by God or ordered by Google? When you need to make a decision, when you are asking for direction, is it God that leads you? Or is it the opinion of the people? Vox Populi. Popular opinion. And what you see on Google, if you don't know, is popular opinion. It is popular opinion. Because a lot of people keep dumping stuff. <laughs> and most of the stuff they dump, that form what the algorithm brings back as results to you, is based on what is popular. So, if your movements are ordered that way, Bible says the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. So, if it is the spirit that is leading you, your steps will be by the spirit. Not self, which tends to find the things that are pleasing to you. Many times, God has given instructions. The instructions didn't sound pleasant. And I'm not only speaking from Bible, I'm speaking from personal experience. The instructions sometimes are not pleasant. In fact, sometimes, forgive me, they may not sound reasonable. You see everybody going this way, normally your default is that there must be something important about where they are going. And God said, no. Go that way. You say, Lord, go that way. What they don't know is that what they are rushing to, to go and meet will be consumed in one month. Where you are going, by the time you get there, you meet something that will last you for a lifetime. They don't know it. You don't know it. So you don't want to take that road. Self will tell you, I'm at risk if I don't do what everybody is doing while they are doing it. Because they will finish consuming it before I get there. If I don't join early. Your movements. What's ordering it? Your respiration. What you breathe in, what you breathe out, right? All living things breathe in and breathe out, right? I'm not bothered about what you breathe out. What you breathe out is always a function of what you breathe in, correct? So, your inspirations, what is entering into you? Where is it coming from? Where is it coming from? Just do your own checklist. What is inspiring you? 
who is breathing on you? John 20, 22. The Bible says he called his disciples and breathed on them and said, receive you the Holy Ghost. Who is breathing on you? Who is breathing on you? Social media. <laughs> Friends. Influencers. <laughs> Self. So, ask yourself sincere questions. I'm raising these questions so that we will search our souls personally. You know you. I know me. Yourself is different from myself. So that yourself, check it. Begin to tick these boxes. Check which one is active for self. Compared to which one is active for spirit. You know if self is dying or self is getting fatter. Your nutrition. Your nutrition. What's the modus operandi? I think Job 23 verse 12. He said, more than my necessary food, I have prioritized your word. Job 23. Let's check verse 12. More than my necessary food, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Some of us cannot fast. I remember 2018, 2019, um, I led a team of teenagers to saw camp. And we have announced before the, the camp we start, uh, on day two or day three, we will fast. Sister Fumi is here. We will fast. We've told them. When we arrive, we told them. Sister Jennifer, we told them. We will fast. So on the day of the fasting, around 10.30, I saw some children coming to meet me. Pastor, can I take little sweets? <laughs> or take little water? They don't fast at home. That's why. If as a Christian, fasting is alien to you, self is getting fatter. Spirit is getting thinner. Don't let them fool you. See, as little born babes, first without two, two, desire the sincere milk of the world that you may grow thereby. If you don't desire nutrition, what will happen? You die. Give birth to a baby, don't give him food. You die. Give me Galatians chapter 5. I'm going to run through from 19 to 24. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. Go on. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of which I tell you before, as I have told you in the time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruits of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. 24 says, And they which are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. And they which are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. No shortcut, brethren. No shortcuts. Your responses, they call it irritability, your responses to external stimulus 
will either be the first part that we read from 19 to 21, or will be the second part we read from 22 to 23. There's no other way. Mind you, everything there is a response. Everything we have read there is a response. Love is a response. Peace is a response. Self-control is a response. Murder is a response. Envy is a response. So when they insult a dead man, he has two options. To fight or to walk away. If you insult somebody, if the person is alive, if you insult them, they will fight you. If they are dead, they can't be bothered. Hello? Do you get it? So if my flesh is alive, you will provoke me. I will use any one of the uh, uh, verse 19 elements to deal with you. But if I'm dead to self, I can only use something in 22 and 23 to deal with you. Love, forgiveness. Control myself. I feel like slapping. Not that I don't feel like slapping. But I control it and put my hand in that pocket. And walk away. And so when you slap me on the right and I turn the second, it's a response. Hello? That's irritability. It's a response. You slap me on the right cheek, I turn the left. It's a response. I could throw you a punch or give you a cut. That's a response. The response I bring depends on what is influencing me. The operating system of my life. That's what determines the response that comes out. Another thing that living things have in common is growth. Right? Good. So, someone who is alive has probability to grow either vertically or laterally. Right? I used to describe myself to say I'm vertically challenged. (laughs) So, you can grow vertically or laterally. Right? But those who are dead don't grow. Right? In fact, those who are physically dead, they decay. So something begins to drop. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. When you are dead, things start to drop. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. It says, seeing that we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. All dead men, by the way. (laughs) Hello? We are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Everybody mentioned in chapter 11, they are dead men. Let it sink. What did it say? It said, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. So when you are dying, you begin to decay. The air will start to drop. The nails will drop. The flesh will drop. Until you are skin dry. Until all that is left is Jesus. Is Jesus. All of your flesh begin to go. I'm not speaking about physical flesh. I'm not speaking about physical flesh. I'm not talking about emaciating physically. You can be emaciating physically and you are growing in the flesh all the same. So I, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about starving alone. 
You begin to drop those weights. Those things that are no longer necessary. Because you want to journey far with Jesus. If you carry too much load, you can't run fast. You can't go far with him. So they begin to drop. And say, no, it's not just the weights. And there's a difference between the weights and the sin that easily besets. So when you began your journey of dying, you used to do some things alone. When it's 12.30 a.m. And you put in that CD. Oh, they're not using CD anymore. It's just on the phone now. And it's just you. And the light goes blue or red. It besets you. You are not proud of it. In fact, you are ashamed of the practice. But it has lingered. Let it dry. Let it drop. Let it decay. Let it drop. That Christ may be revealed in you. Lord Jesus. Living things as Christ. As Christian talks about the byproducts of your metabolism. That is because you eat, because you have nutrition, then there are things that must leave your system, right? For those who are dead to the flesh and alive in Christ, what we emit is glory. You don't get it. The byproducts of the things we eat, the word of God we eat, the spirit of God that inspires us, the breath that we take in, you know, there's, this one says, this is the air I breathe, right? <laughs> this is the air I breathe, right? So you take in that oxygen of the spirits, of his presence, to brute upon the word that you have eaten. There must be a byproduct of that metabolism. The real product is growth, that you grow spiritually, right? But the byproduct is that people give glory to God because you are growing. Matthew chapter 5, if you read from verse 14 to uh, 16, it says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on the hill cannot be hidden. Right? Nobody lights uh, a lamp and puts it under the bushel. Rather, you put it on the stand. That it may give light to the entire house. Right? He said, let your light so shine that men may see your good works and then glorify your father who is in heaven. That's the byproduct. You didn't do it because of the men. They saw it. As a result of seeing it, they give God glory. Now, so, so mess. Some of us, they mess everywhere. Our product of excretion is repugnant to the people. When they see you, say, hey, if this is what a Christian looks like, may I not be a Christian? We must kill flesh. We must kill self. We must kill self. As I round off, give me John chapter 12. Give me 24 to 26. Let's rise. I read myself from 23. Bible says, But Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Watch the word glory. Most assuredly I say unto you, Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies... It remains alone. But if he dies, he produces much grain. He will lose his life, we lose it. And he will ace his life. In this world, we keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, my father will also. Where I am, there my servant will also. If anyone serves me, him, my father will honor. If you are going to reproduce, 
If you are going to produce much fruits, if your Christian life will yield fruits, you must die to self. Is that you abide alone <laughs> until you fall down. Not only fall down, you die. Is that of that decay that the first bud comes forth? No shortcut to surrender. God won't kill you. You have to kill self. He won't do it. He won't. I don't know if you have finished your checklist. I'm sure you didn't get 100%. If you're honest with yourself. We are all on a journey. We are all on a journey. You want to speak with him now? This is a personal prayer point. It's not a loud prayer point. It's to ask for grace to do the needful. What you need to do. Not what he needs to do. But I know we struggle. Sometimes we want to do it. We try to do it. The first place to start is surrender. If you will surrender today, please just go ahead. Minutes. It's not an emotional matter. Minutes, minutes to surrender. I'm, I'm going to give you one minute. Please go ahead. Surrender. Surrender to him. Surrender. You know the area you need to surrender. You know it. You know it. If it's you and God alone, you know what it is. Thank you for listening. To get copies of messages, kindly visit our ministry material store and also worship with us at Foundation of Truth Assembly Headquarters on 40 Stroke 42 Imam Dowder Street of Eric Moore, Lagos. God bless you.